Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Track records of making quarterbacks better. Uh, Like the evidence does not point to the coaching failing Carson Wentz. It just doesn't. When you look at Marty and Doug and the fact that, you know, they have been instrumental in guys succeeding like Donovan and Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson and Nick Foles. You know, these are our our coaches that have track records of not making quarterbacks worse, but making quarterbacks exponentially better. And I thought it was interesting to hear Jalen Hurts this week Talk about his relationship with Marty Mornenweg. I haven't heard Carson talk about Marty Mornenweg once. I've never heard Carson mention his name. You know, because apparently the guy Carson likes to work with is Press Taylor. And that's the guy he works with. And I don't know how much he's talking to Marty and how much he's working with Marty. But it seems to me that would be a good guy for Carson to to spend time with. Considering, you know the track record of success that he has over the years with Donovan and Vic and Lamar Jackson. And, and, you know, it, it just, it, the evidence doesn't point to the coaches on this staff being bad with quarterbacks. The, the, the evidence points to the fact that the coaches on this staff have made quarterbacks better. And that's why those guys are here for some reason. It hasn't happened with Carson the way it's happened with other guys that have been coached by, especially Doug and Marty. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494, if you want to get in. Joe, Steve, you guys will be first right after the break, and then you want to know whether you feel it's in the best interest of the Eagles to win this game and what you want to see happen. Also, um, I want your memories of that Eagles-Giants game 10 years ago yesterday, the Deshaun Jackson punt return. What an unbelievable moment. So we're discussing that. Uh, We'll continue to take your calls. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. With you till 6, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, heading into a Sunday of football, coming off a good Saturday of football, both college and pros. As I mentioned, the Bills uh, beat up on Denver, 
They win the AFC East. We'll get to that later on in our Week 15 preview slash recap, I guess, because we'll recap the Saturday games as well. Um, And also the Packers held on late to beat the Panthers 24-16, but also a big day in college. Um, Alabama beats uh, Florida 52-46, kind of ending Florida's hopes in the SEC championship game. I I was watching most of the Packer game, so I didn't see a lot of that one. Um, But it's just so so predictable that Notre Dame is a massive fraud again. It's every single season – This team is overrated. And I know most people, I guess, would think, well, Tom, you're Irish. You should like Notre Dame. I can't stand Notre Dame. I can't stand their fans. I can't stand the people who think Notre Dame is some highly heralded football school. They haven't been relevant, truly relevant, in 30 years. Nobody gives a damn about Notre Dame. They're never any good. They're always overranked. Everybody in their... Clemson was the easiest bet in the world, in the world, on Saturday. I mean, and uh, Clemson's great. Trevor Lawrence is phenomenal. Notre Dame sucks. And Notre Dame always sucks. And if you're a Notre Dame fan who, and I I actually got a, this actually reminds me, I got to text my friend's wife, um, who's one of these, Annoying Notre Dame fans. So, Bryn, if you're listening, Notre Dame got their asses kicked again on Saturday. They suck. Dan, how do you feel about Notre Dame? Are you a Notre Dame fan? I'm not a Notre Dame fan. I certainly don't have the same strong feelings that you do. No. I do find it kind of funny. Like they, The Notre Dame people ride their high horse. Can't it's stand them. It's the football equivalent of like the Duke people. Like They're just the worst. Right. But the difference is Duke's. Duke's actually good. Not this year necessarily but they usually are they're usually are pretty good Notre Dame they're so prestigious they don't even usually have a conference this year they played an ACC schedule and you're right it came down to a conference championship and they got their ass handed and how about and and you mentioned Duke how about Coach K doing the Coach K thing now that now that they're not very good oh maybe we shouldn't be playing how's his back he did this last year (laughs) this is exactly what he did last year when he when remember Duke was the first team to pull out of the tournament when it was clear the tournament wasn't happening like, oh, yeah, they're going to pull out of the tournament three hours before they announce there is no tournament. They got a big win the other night, and suddenly the yeah. COVID protocols are a little bit safer. Yeah, real big, real biggie, Coach K. But, yeah, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame. If this college football committee puts Notre Dame in the playoff, it's a disgrace. It is an absolute disgrace. They don't belong in the playoff. Notre, Ohio State doesn't belong in the playoff. They played five games. They This year, they should just say, you know what? There's no, there's no point in playing these semifinal games. Just Alabama-Clemson, we already know who the two best teams in the country are. Just make Alabama and Clemson the championship game and call it a day. Seriously. And you can let Notre Dame and Ohio State play each other for the overrated championship of the world. Whatever. See, I would have gone the other way. Like, every other sport's expanding the playoff field because it's kind of— Like, it's not really Ohio State's fault that some of those games got canceled. No, they, they, stink, they, they struggle to beat Northwestern. No, I hear well, you. I mean, I'm not saying— They play five games. But I think they have the right to get on the field with them, at least. I would ra- I'd rather see a team like Coastal Carolina, who played 11 games. They actually played a season. Uh, Ohio but, but what's Ohio State supposed to do? They play five games against a bunch of teams that stink. But that's not their fault that they only played five okay, games. Okay, well, that—well— that, it's unfortunate they can't be in the playoffs. They're in the playoff every year. Well, the Big Ten 
already finagled the rules so they could get into the Big Ten right. Championship as it is. Exactly. It, it, but they don't belong in the playoff. They didn't. They didn't do enough. And it's not their. Nobody's at. at it's not fair to anybody this year. In a usual season, how many teams do you think should make the playoff? I would do eight. That's what I so would. So you would do. open it up to eight. And if you yeah, go, and but I it's think too if you late go undefeated, you automatically get in. Put some stock in these conference championship games. I, I Temple, I don't believe was in the AAC when you went there, but I think if you they were. Oh, they or, were okay. So they, got, like, how, how old do you think I am? Uh, Come well, on, Temple's been in the ACC. You mentioned yeah. you called your college roommate, right? So right. They, you had to get it, at least some of the Mac or what they were. <laughs> that was actually after. That was actually after I graduated. So they they were in the AAC. I think I think they they been, they've only been there since twenty. You know what? You're right. They were in the A10 when I was in school, so I was wrong. Okay. Well, I, you know, yeah. I, I, no, these I years th- won't run together. I don't think you're that old, but you mentioned I, I am, earlier in the show that you called your college right. roommate after the Miracle yeah. Meadowlands. I'm like, now the timeline's right. not there. You're anyway, right. so if you're going to have that conference, you're going to have a conference championship game. Like, the year UCF went undefeated and then ended up beating Auburn, I think in the Sugar Bowl it was. Like, I think if you win that conference championship game, you have the right to be the eighth seed and lose by 40 to Alabama. Yeah, but this is a different year, and there is only four. It's different, but it, it's, there, it is only four, so why does the Ohio State deserve to be in? They beat they beat Penn State, who sucks. They beat Indiana, who, okay, Indiana had a nice year, but we don't even know how good they really are. Their best win was over Penn State. They, they didn't beat anybody. You didn't beat anybody. You don't deserve to be in. The biggest win of Michigan's season was canceling the Ohio State game right. because of COVID. Put, it, put in Texas A&M. Put in Florida. Florida has, what, two losses? Three and, losses? And they they're, gave better, Alabama they're better than Ohio State is. Yeah, so... I'm sorry. I just I get worked up. I don't I, I don't I don't like these these fraudulent teams. Put Cincinnati in there. Give Cincinnati. Yeah, they won the AAC. And I'm not yeah. saying it'd be close, but you know what? Notre Dame wasn't close against Clemson, so let Alabama kill them by 50 points. Right. I, I don't know. I just want to see Alabama and Clemson. We all know that. It's well, that's end. what it's coming. Nick Saban exactly. gonna walk right to the national, you know, the playoffs again. <sighs> get national title. It's not like it's not deserved. I mean, let's face it. Pretty much every year, you could just put Clemson and Alabama in the championship game. And that could be the champion. Like most years, that is the championship game. Yeah, yeah. You got Nick Saban, who had COVID twice, and then said it was a false positive, so he could get back coaching. And Dabo Sweeney, who, uh, who was it? Who he said was faking COVID because right. he was too afraid to play Clemson. So <laughs> you, you got two it's characters nice. in there, but they got the two best programs in college football. Yeah, it's true. they're all a bunch of jerks. These college coaches. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, what do you want to see happen on Sunday? Eagles Cardinals. Um, would you rather them lose for the draft pick, or would you rather lose uh, because it means they'll probably move forward with Carson Wentz? I want to see the Eagles win. I want to see them get to the playoffs. Um, and, you know, um, I want to see the Eagles, you know, potentially move forward with Jalen Hurts because I think if they move forward with Carson, they're firing Doug, and that would be a big mistake. Um, uh, that That's just the way I look at it right now with the quarterback situation. Let's go to Joe Merchantville. What's up, Joe? Hey, uh, I, I don't. I can't actively root for the Eagles to lose. I just can't do it. Uh, e- even if it makes sense to get a better draft pick, you don't know what that's going to be. So, I would. I would much rather root for the Eagles to win. Root for for Hurts to play well. Uh, the idea that uh, that there may be some people who are rooting for Hurts to play uh, Hurts to play poorly because they're Wentz fans is absurd. I'm a Wentz fan, but. Whoever puts on the green jersey, that's who I root for. Yeah, I look at it the same way, Joe. And, you know, I think you have to do that. Like, I don't – I was just joking. I I didn't really actively root against Sam Bradford, even though I didn't like him. But, you know, I I agree that – 
you know, you, you can't root against a quarterback just because you like the other guy more. Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, especially, especially Hurts. I mean, he's gotten kind of a, you know, from the day they picked him, people were kind of tough on him. It's not his fault. He, he seems like he's a good guy and probably will do good things in this town. So uh, I, I would hope that people want him to do well. And I, I just don't get it. Yeah. One of the early – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I agree, Joe. What do you think is going to happen? You think the Eagles can hang in this game with the defense as shorthanded yeah, as it is? Well, I, I think your analysis is, is, is absolutely right. The, the, uh, the, 80, the, the, the $80 million defensive line has to win this game. Yeah. No, it, it, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, yeah. you know, this is – the Eagles pay – spent a lot of money on that defensive line with, I'd say – Mixed results. I, I think they've been pretty good as a whole, but you're right. In this game, if you're going to win it, your D-line has to dominate. Yeah, they have, they have to win it. Uh, one of the previous callers brought up, we need, we need to shore up our safety. Didn't we, didn't we, re, didn't we draft a, a, a safety that came out of Clemson? Wasn't that this yeah. year? And I, who, who is it? I haven't heard. Who, Kayvon Wallace. Kayvon Wallace, he hasn't played a ton. When he's been on the field, he's struggled. And, um, you know, that's, uh, I think, part of the thinking as a couple weeks ago they cut Will Parks. Apparently it was to open up a role for Kayvon Wallace, and he's going to have to play more now because, I mean, Rodney McLeod, losing him is a massive loss. That hurts. Yeah. yeah and, uh, by the way, we, we strongly agree on one and strongly disagree on the other. Okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm Irish, too, and <laughs> I, I don't despise the University of Notre Dame. Uh-huh. But their fans remind me of Dallas Cowboy fans, so I hate them. They think there's, they think it's still like the like the the heyday, like the the '80s or mid '90s. You know, what I, mean? I know. Yeah. You know, yes, cause the, yes. I don't. I, they surely couldn't get into Notre Dame. I'm I'm, right. I'm I'm thinking they can spell it, but I'm not sure. I know they couldn't get into the school, right. but uh, I, I not not in a, I'm just not a fan of Notre Dame anymore. Uh, but I am an Ohio State graduate, so I'm okay. going to disagree with you on uh, on on my Buckeyes. All right, well, that's fine, Joe. I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. I don't really I appreciate it. I don't really hate Ohio. I mean, I hate Penn, Penn State more than anybody. I cannot stand Penn State. Their fans are the absolute worst. And I, I was kind of ambivalent about Penn State until I went to college, and then. I come home over breaks, and my friends that went to Penn State were so annoying, and that, that bothered me. And then my brother went to Penn State a couple years later, and now I just I totally can't stand them. I I I I hate Penn State. I have um, a brother that went there, a sister-in-law that went there, and they are just completely completely obnoxious about Penn State football. So um, I don't really hate Ohio State, but I, I I do like to tell my ushering stories from back in the day. When I was an usher at the link, you know, and at Eagles games, you deal with opposing fans. No fans were more obnoxious to deal with than Notre Dame fans. When I, you know, because we didn't have, usually the Temple games were were optional, but the staff was shorthanded. Like, they are not used to accommodating full crowds. But the Notre Dame-Temple game, which was a great game, by the way, um, which featured pretty much half the Carolina Panthers roster with PJ Walker and Robbie Anderson and all those guys. Uh, no more obnoxious fan base I've dealt with as an usher than Notre Dame.
Ask a Notre Dame fan what their favorite movie is and then have them explain to you why it's Rudy. I do like Rudy, actually. I do like oh, Rudy. Oh, you do like Rudy. I do like Rudy. But y- you just committed a social media. I know I did. Did you do I, that on purpose? I did that on purpose. Wow. That was well done, Dan. Well, well, well done. Well done. Uh, because, yeah, that was a, a social media thing done verbally, which, uh, you know, at least you. At least you so list- true. Like that specific example. Yeah. Like every Notre Dame fan. And people in general just right. love Rudy. I do like Rudy. I got to admit, it's a good movie. It, it, it is a good one. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Steve in Tampa. What's up, Steve? Hey. Good morning. Hello, DK. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Are you all right? So you were an usher at the at the ballpark, huh? What? The, what's that? You said you were an usher at the ballpark. I was for ten from two thousand six to two thousand fifteen. Oh, so you saw two thousand eight, huh? I, I I did I did see two thousand eight um at, at the uh, at the link not at not at uh, Citizens Bank Park. So, oh, but I was okay. but I was at the game the Phillies won the World Series. So. Well, you know, the story of the year of obviously down here it's the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, the ball ball team made the World Series. Mm. But I think in Philly, I think the changes in the front office of the Phillies, the changes in the front office of the Sixers. Um, I think that's probably one of the top stories because finally ownership decided that we got to make a change. And, and I don't know if it was the fans or WIP or something else that they finally decided that the way everything was going was unsatisfactory. And I think that's very positive. Yeah, I, I generally agree, Steve. I, I think certainly for the Sixers, I think their moves were positive. I don't. I don't dislike Dave Dombrowski, you know, as as a GM. I just don't think he's the right fit for the Phillies right now. But, he, but, he, but isn't he better than what they had? Well, yeah, but I mean that that's uh, that's well, not necessarily the right move just because he's I better know, than what they had. But it's not a uh, it's a pot, it's a move to obviously what I think is to make the team better than under the previous administration. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's you're you're measuring him up against Clentac and McPhail. I don't, I don't think there's much, co- I don't think not, not, not I, much competition. Let me, let me ask you a question about the Eagles. Um, New Orleans is, is the number one seed in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, how far behind New Orleans is Arizona? I mean, can you compare Arizona to New Orleans? Well, Arizona, if you're doing it by record, Arizona's seven and six, and New Orleans is ten and two. So. Or ten and three now. So, um, yeah, I mean, Arizona's a fringe playoff team. New Orleans is fighting for home field advantage. So, don't you think, being what you've just said, that the Eagles in beating New Orleans would find it easier to beat Arizona? Uh, not because the fact that Arizona's offense is much better, especially when last week you were facing Taysom Hill. The difference between Taysom Hill and Kyler Murray is significant. Okay, I, I agree with you. There. And the Eagles have injuries in their secondary, like a lot well, of injuries. Secondary has been loose, you know. Yeah, but imagine long. that without your three best guys in the secondary. And and let me just finally, because I know there's other callers. Um, does Peterson's job depend solely on the next three games? I don't think so. Um, I. I but I, I mean, if Jalen Hurts plays really well, I yeah. certainly think that would help Doug's case. I mean, that Doug- no, I don't, I, I don't think so because I think 
that Louie would say, well, why the heck didn't you put him in earlier? No, I, I mean, I, I disagree because I think Lurie was part of why he wasn't put in earlier. You think so? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That decision, Steve, as much as they say that's Doug's decision, that was not entirely Doug's decision. You think Lurie got involved in the starting quarterback? I do. I think Lurie, I believe, really likes Wentz and really wants Wentz to get back to that level, and I think they gave Wentz every opportunity they could before yep. it just became evident they had to pull him. Do you think that they should have – I mean, the way Wentz performed so bad this year, do you think there's a, a psychological reason that the Eagles should should go to like a, a psychological doctor or send him to a doctor or something to see psychologically if he's okay from the concussion? Uh, you know, I don't know about that, Steve. I appreciate the call. I don't know how much the concussion plays into it. I, I mean, but – if they say he's fine, I'm going to take it as face value that he's fine. And, you know, and for all the talk about the Hurts pick, if, if I, I don't really, if that's something that really bothers them that much, then you're not a franchise quarterback. Like, uh, you're just not. If that's something that's really going to force you to – fall apart to the point where you can't play anymore, then, then I, you know, I, I hate to be the toughness guy, but then you're not tough enough to, to, to be the guy. You know, if that's something that really bothers you, um, that you can't recover from, uh, then, then uh, that that's not the kind of guy I want as a franchise quarterback. You look at how other quarterbacks have reacted in these types of situations. Um, Aaron Rodgers gets... A first-round quarterback drafted after him. What does he do? He comes out, and he has his best year ever. Look back when Aaron Rodgers was drafted. Brett Favre would not let Aaron Rodgers get on the field. They had to trade him um, because he he took them to a championship game, and then Green Bay did the right thing by getting rid of him. But that's how you want your quarterback to respond. Um, Patriots draft Garoppolo. Brady has pretty much an entire another Hall of Fame career after that. Um, you look at, 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 you know, a number of quarterbacks, look at, even look at Donovan, Kevin Cobb gets drafted. Donovan ends up keeping him on the bench for a couple of years. Um, if, if a team drafting a quarterback behind you crushes you instead of motivates you, and that's the way you view it, I think that's a huge problem. And when we get back, I do want to play uh, a cut from Dan Orlovsky talking about that, um, and how, Carson Wentz may feel uh, about how the organization has treated him. That's coming up next. Also, I see Mike, Steve. We'll get to you guys as well. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll have our um, Week 15 NFL preview slash recap. A couple games on Saturday. I love when the Saturday games start. Uh, I I wish there were Saturday games every weekend, all year long. At least a couple. Um, So we'll get to that a little later on. In the 4 o'clock hour as well, I have an NBA uh, season preview. That will do with the season getting started this week. I can't wait. 
um, not just for the Sixers, but the entire league. I'm really excited to see um, what happens this year. I think uh, there are a lot of interesting teams, so we will do that in the 4 o'clock hour. But real quick before we get back to the phones, we'll get the mic in a second here. But, um, you know, we talk about the Carson Wentz situation. And this story came out on Thursday after I got off the air. And I was, um, you know, I do the overnight, I go home, listen to a little morning show, uh, you know, go to sleep. I wake up in the afternoon and I see this report and I just like can't believe it when I when I see it is um what was reported by ESPN's Dan Orlovsky and I don't know how many times I got to say I like Dan Orlovsky I I like you know him as an analyst but you know he he's he's making himself look foolish at this point with the over defenses of Carson Wentz and it's like if if you know, you got to call it down the middle. And, hey, you know, if you like a guy, I get it. I get you like him. I get that, you know, you don't want your opinion shown to be wrong. I mean, I'm in that situation frequently where my opinion, some of them are right, some of them are wrong, and, and who knows. But, you know, when I'm wrong, I try to own up to it and admit it. But, you know, these kind of excuses that have been made for Carson Wentz are just getting insane. And um, the one this week that Dan Orlovsky said, and this is apparently people who have been around Carson Wentz are telling him this. Here is Dan Orlovsky and what he reported as far as Carson Wentz and the Eagles organization. A lot of people think, listen, a lot of people think that there's a lot of um, a built-up animosity between him and that organization in Philly. I think a lot of people think that he misses Frank Reich as a human more than just a play caller. Um, I think a lot of people think, feel that Carson Wentz feels betrayed, and the only person in the NFL that he trusts is Frank Reich. Now, I have a few questions here. Like, how has Carson Wentz been betrayed? And the part, and the part that doesn't make sense at all. You know, because... Orlovsky says he's not hearing that he's betrayed by the Jalen Hurts pick. He somehow feels betrayed that Frank Reich's not in Philadelphia. The Eagles didn't fire Frank Reich. Like, the Eagles didn't get rid of Frank Reich. This is the NFL. Josh McDaniels backed out of a job. Frank Reich took that job. How is that the Eagles' fault? Like, how is that anybody's fault? Frank Reich got offered a head coaching position. Frank Reich took the head coaching position. That is is that that that's nobody's fault. That that this is the NFL. You're gonna have coaches that come and go. And I I just am am just baffled. I'm absolutely baffled by the 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 reports and all this stuff about the Eagles betrayed Carson and the Eagles haven't done right by Carson. And I I really don't want to do this or just bashing Carson all the time. But he is making a, a situation that has gone badly worse. And because you could say, oh, well, this isn't, you know, he's not saying this. Why do you think this is getting out there to Dan Orlovsky? Seriously. Why, like, 
Dan Orlovsky, I'll say this. I don't think he's just making this stuff up. He is being used as a mouthpiece from Carson Wentz's camp to get out information that they want out there. I mean, it's clear that Dan Orlovsky is tied in closely with Carson Wentz's group of people, whoever they are. But the idea that the Eagles betrayed him, by by what, drafting Jalen Hurts? After 2018, after, for the second consecutive year, his backup had more success than he had. Two two straight years. Um, Nick Foles wins Super Bowl in 2017. 2018, Carson Wentz has a below average, I would say, average at best season, team six and seven. Um, Nick Foles wins, uh, takes them on a run at the end of the year, wins a playoff game, and, you know, takes that team to a level they were not playing at with Carson Wentz. What did they do? They traded Nick Foles, who had they could have kept as an insurance policy, Gave Carson Wentz a massive contract. Came back in 2019. You know, brought back his buddy Jason Peters two years in a row. Who we know Carson Wentz loves Jason Peters. Um, Drafted a rookie receiver in the first round this year. Granted, they could have drafted another one. Certainly. They may have had the wrong evaluation. But they've tried to put weapons around him. You know, tried drafting players that would help him. In what way have they betrayed him? And and it just is insane to me, this continual thought process that the Eagles are doing wrong by Carson Wentz. They drafted another quarterback. Why don't you use that as motivation and go out and play better? Go out and play like an MVP and prove to them why it's a bad pick. Because the only thing that's been proven to me, at least at this point, is that it's a good pick. Is that the pick makes more sense to me now than it did at the time. And that maybe the Eagles organization saw something that we didn't see from the outside. Whether it is his practice habits, which there have been reports this year that his practice habits aren't great. And that the mistakes he makes in practice, be it mechanically or mentally, are showing up in the games. Be it, you know, the fact that he can't get on the right page with his receivers. The fact that he holds the ball too long. Like, he hasn't improved. That's not on the organization. And these constant excuses that are made, I've never seen a player. It, it's, it's a, it, it is a weird, weird phenomenon. I've never seen a player have his poor play excused um, to the point Carson Wentz has and and for a large portion of the fan base out there, it's accepted as fact, and I just don't get it. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Mike in Havertown. What's up, Mike? Tommy, what's up, brother? How what's are going you? On? Good. How are you? Nothing. So I, I've been listening to what you've been saying all night. Uh, I'm just surprised, man. For as plugged in a fan base and as smart a fan base as we claim to be, you know, you have so many people advocating for the Eagles to win out. It, it makes absolutely no sense, and I just don't understand it. I, I'm never, I never want the Eagles to lose. I never would root for them to lose. But in this specific scenario, you kind of have to look at it like short-term pain for long-term gain type of deal. Winning out is going to do nothing for this team. We can probably both agree on the fact they're not going to the Super Bowl this year, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we can agree okay. on that. 
so you want to look at it like that in terms next year they're they are not they 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 should be trying to be competitive for next year that's my whole thing them 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 winning out going seven eight and one and then losing in the first round to Seattle or Tampa Bay because that's probably who they'd end up pulling and it, it's not going to happen so there is in my mind there's absolutely no point for them to win out I understand the whole experience thing for Jalen Hurts and oh you know the Eagles luck they'll win out not even make the playoffs and they'll be stuck with a mid 16 to 18 first round draft pick and they'll lose out on all the top receivers. Well, yeah, that would be the worst case scenario, but I'll say this, my, this is my argument more than anything, Mike. And yeah, I would like the fun of a run and all that stuff, but I think we are heading to a point at the end of the season where they're going to have to choose between the coach and the quarterback. And if they lose, I think they are much more in line to choose the quarterback and get rid of the coach. And I think that would be a, a Big mistake, a really big mistake. I, yeah, I, I think I just think what they've what they've done this year is they, they're going to sit Carson down and they're going to try to rehab him and fix him next year. Obviously, they want to see what they have in Hurts, but their main objective they they can't do anything with Wentz for at least another year, maybe two. So my whole objective would be let's surround this guy with as much talent as possible. I want Jamar Chase in an Eagles uniform no matter what they have to do to get there. And I, I understand I don't want the Eagles to lose, but for the long-term success of this team, I try to take the longest view in the room uh-huh. and look at it like, you know what, for them to be successful next year, having Jamar Chase or even Devontae Smith, I don't know if he sold the SEC championship game. He had 15 catches for 190 yards, two touchdowns. He's a stud. Either one of those two guys will look phenomenal in an Eagles uniform. Finishing 7-8-1 and one and making the playoffs and getting bounced does absolutely nothing for me. I'm sorry. No, I get it, Mike. And, you know, what? What? where do you fall on Doug, though? Like, if losing out means getting rid of Doug to fix Carson, is that something you're on board with? Uh, I mean, you know what? I don't think that it would be even a foregone conclusion that they would get rid of him. I mean, I think they would make some changes. That's another reason why I wouldn't want them to win out because I think – I think, if anything, Jeffrey Lurie would be like, oh, well, you know what? Well, uh, COVID, it's a weird year. And you know what? We did finish on a high note. So I, I think Doug is going to get one more year regardless. I, I, I hope that he would move on from Howie, but I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they're just going to get rid of Doug and stick with Carson. I just don't see that happening. But I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Mike. And thanks for the yeah. call. Yeah. Take All it right, easy. Buddy. And that, no, that and that's a well-reasoned approach. And uh, – from that perspective, I do get, I get the idea of wanting the draft pick. I, I do understand that. Um, it's just, you know, maybe I'm too much of a fan sometimes. I just, I, I think it has deeper implications than that, though. Like, yeah, I do like the idea of going on a playoff run, but I, I don't, maybe I'm reading it wrong. I don't see how you can come back with Doug and Carson. Like, I just don't. I don't see how when you have this much evidence that it's just not working with these two I mean Doug the the numbers speak for themselves he's 11 and 2 with other quarterbacks like that and and say they do have success down the stretch here you're looking at possibly 14 and 2 with other quarterbacks and we're not talking about elite level quarterbacks we're talking about Nick Foles and Jalen Hurts making his first career start. So that's what worries me. What worries me about losing more than anything is that it's going to lead them to fire Doug. And as you know, I think obviously head coach and quarterback are the two most important 
things you can have in an organization. Obviously, the GM makes important decisions, and you got to find a way to make the front office function better. But firing Doug, I just look at as being a massive, massive mistake. And if the Eagles were to choose Carson over Doug, I, I think that's a mistake they'd be making. Let's go to Butch and Maniunk. What's up, Butch? Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Okay. What's up, Butch? Uh, I don't agree with that guy much. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm seven years old. I ain't waiting for tomorrow. I don't know when tomorrow is. I want to win right now. And another part about it, he's all wet, is if we win and we get in the playoffs, that means Jalen Hurst is a starting quarterback because he's probably won three games in a row. I want this guy to get a playoff game under his belt. I want ball him. I want some of these young players to get a playoff game under their belt. What the hell do you mean you don't want to win the next year? And check this out, TK. I'm wondering about this. Let's say theoretically Eagles end up winning five games and they win the division. Now, if they win the division with only five games, where does that put them in the playoff order? In other words, do they go behind the teams that win four games or that they're in the playoffs even though they only won five games? Do they get a lesser pick? No, they go – yeah, that that's the problem, Butch. They go all the way up to, like, where the playoff teams are. So they'd be at the bottom of the playoff team. So they'd probably pick around, like, 18, I guess, would be their pick, something like that. Okay, well, he's got a good point there, but I still don't like the idea of not giving the guy – I mean, the biggest thing is getting a playoff game and really experience the height of what football is. You know what I mean, TK? No, I hear you, Butch. And for you to just go up a couple of picks to not get these guys the experience, I don't think it's worth the – it's weight. Yeah. Well, the Butch, Butch, I got to ask you. I haven't been in the morning show in a while. Are you still doing your workouts on the bridge out there? No, no. I'm kind of done that, TK. I'm oh, in the okay. weightlifting in the winter because it gets a little cold. You know, it's a little cold in the winter to ride the bicycle, so I stay in and do my weightlifting regime then. There you go. All right, Butch. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, another thing, yeah. TK. <laughs> sure. Maybe people think I'm crazy. I said to G-Man Angela, what do you think about this? What? Do you think you could get a first-round pick for Jalen Hurts? And the first round pick for Carson Wentz. Trey, both of them? <laughs> Who's your quarterback? Yeah. Huh? Who's your quarterback? Bingo. Here's where my ingenious idea comes on. All right. Carson Wentz, you get a first round pick. Jalen Hurts, you get a first round pick, especially if he plays good. You take them two plus your first two, you go talk to Joe Douglas at the head of the Jets. You say, hey, Joe, anyway, you don't want to take this kid from Clemson? There's no I'm going to throw the kitchen zinc at you. I'm going to start a whole new ball. I'm going to get rid of both of them. I'm going to get rid of the cornerback controversy. Yeah. I'm going to come in with Trevor Lawrence, a whole new quarterback. Yeah, Butch, that ain't happening. I appreciate the call, Butch. Uh, there is no chance. No chance. I, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, and I'm, I, I'm not going over the top or exaggerating when I say this. He's the best college quarterback I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen a prospect that, like, Trevor Lawrence is already a top ten quarterback in the world. Like he 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 is. He's that good. He he's he the the way he stands in there. Um, the people don't understand that he's a way better runner than people believe he is. Um, his deep ball is beautiful. Obviously, he's playing in a system that's conducive to success at Clemson. But the only guy I can think of that I thought this highly of coming out was like Andrew Luck. But he, Trevor Lawrence is incredible. He, he's, a, he's a beast. I wanted to hear what Butch – so in which scenario the Jets are taking Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz in this scenario? I don't know. They're, like, like they tanked this whole season I think, to take Hurts instead? Well, I think he's talking about trading Hurts and Wentz, the two separate teams, and then packaging all these ones. So those two ones. And whatever one the Eagles have. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Like five ones. I mean, I would consider trading a lot of ones for Trevor Lawrence. I just don't think – I uh, the, the Jets – 
they're losing these games for a reason. They won Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, everyone turns into Mel Kiper Jr. this time of year. Like, I agree with right. you on Trevor Lawrence. Like, he's a stud. But in terms of what that other guy was saying, in terms of, oh, we got to get this pick to get Jamal right. Chase or whoever else. Right. It, but if the Eagles win tomorrow and Seattle wins, like, everyone's going to be all in. Yeah. Yeah, people will be excited about it. Uh, 215-592-9494. We got the week uh, 15 preview coming up at the top of the hour. Real quick in the next segment, though, I do want to give you my take on where things stand on the James Harden uh, situation with the Sixers, those rumors. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. With you till 6. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Talked a lot of Eagles tonight. I do want to give you my take before we get to the weekly preview here of all the games in the NFL on what's going on with the Sixers. As it was earlier this week, reports surfaced of the Sixers making Ben Simmons available in trade talks for James Harden. And, you know, I, I, I see a lot of people freaking out over this one way or another, um, especially the people who don't want to trade Ben. This shouldn't be surprising to anybody. Um, you know, if if there's any conversations going on in regards to James Harden, and of course there would be. I mean, this Daryl Morey wouldn't be doing his his job if he wasn't at least exploring this. And any conversation about acquiring James Harden is going to include Ben Simmons. And to think anything otherwise, you'd be being naive here. Um, And first off, you know, let's hear from Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers was asked about this the other night. Here was Doc Rivers when asked about the the rumors that are out there. Well, you're not hearing them from us, you know. So as long as you don't hear them from us, you should be very comfortable. Um, We like our team, man. Uh, I tell you. Uh, I, that team I just watched out there is, is pretty special. And so, uh, you know, those rumors, none are coming from us. And, you know, not surprising. What do you expect the coach to say? Yeah, we're shopping. We're, we're, we're talking about Ben Simmons. Of course, they're not going to say that. And, of course, Daryl Morey tweets out a denial and, and all of that stuff. But what I'll tell you is that there are certain reporters in every sport where then they when they report something, you know, you can kind of take it as fact in the NFL, you know, Schefter Rappaport, these guys are usually right. Baseball, you know, passing, um, you know, the, he's usually on point with his stuff. Um, and in the NBA, when Shams and Woj are both reporting the same thing, I doubt they're wrong. They're very rarely wrong on anything, let alone when they're reporting the same thing. So, yeah, I'd imagine Ben Simmons has been mentioned in trade talks in regards to James Harden. But, you know, right now, the Sixers hold, in my mind, all the leverage. And the Sixers are negotiating in a real position of power here. And I'll elaborate on this um, in a minute, but... Uh, If you remember, and this is funny that this is coming from this guy, because if you remember a few years ago when the Sixers took on the Nets in the playoffs, we ended up developing, hatred's probably strong, but a dislike for Jared Dudley, who Jared Dudley is a 
nothing player in the NBA. He got a ring last year with the Lakers, sitting on their bench. Good for him. But he was with the Nets. And remember, you know, going into, I think, game three of that series, he said something like, you know, Ben Ben's not a threat because he can't shoot. And then Ben had, like, the best playoff game of his career while Jared Dudley did nothing. And, you know, um, Jared Dudley in general is is not a consequential player. But I thought Jared Dudley was was right on with his analysis of the situation. Here was Jared Dudley on the rumors of James Harden for Ben Simmons. Houston is going to fall off after James Harden gets traded here in the next 10 days. He can only go to Philly. There's nowhere else. Philly has Ben Simmons. And James Harden, unlike other superstars, not being the most professional, not being there out of different places, it's a bad look. And when you can get an all-star with potential superstar capability and Ben Simmons, you got to take it. It'll happen. It's only a matter of when. And, you know, he says it'll happen. It's only a matter of when. And it may. I think from the Rockets' perspective, it will. But But he's right on where, you know, this is a situation where the Sixers are in a position of leverage. Because, as Dudley said, the Rockets are not getting a better player back in any offer than Ben Simmons. You know, depending on what you think of Tyler Hero, whether you think what he did in the bubble was sustainable or not, you know, that's probably the next best level of player you're getting in return. But of all the teams that are out there and all the teams that have things to offer, you're not getting a better player than Ben Simmons. Like, uh, I, I know James Harden initially wanted to go to Brooklyn. The best player you're getting in return is Karis LeVert. Now, if I was Brooklyn, I'd trade Kyrie for James Harden and call it a day. Um, but, you know, they're not going to do that. You're not getting a better player in any deal than you are for Ben Simmons. And it doesn't, you know, benefit the Sixers, or or I won't say benefit because you could trade and get James Harden and that's that, but the Sixers have the luxury of waiting and seeing what their team looks like because the Sixers should try to, should not be thinking too much about the future here because Joel Embiid's contract expires sooner than we all, you know, you you look into the future and you think Joel's going to be here forever. His contract's up in three years. And that's not that long of a period. You don't want to waste a year. If you don't think you can win a championship this year with Ben Simmons, then you make the deal. But you have the luxury to wait. I think you wait six to eight weeks. You see what your team looks like. Because who knows? We could look up February 15th or whatever, and the Sixers could have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Is that likely to happen? Probably not. Is Ben Simmons likely to make that kind of an, uh, a massive leap the first couple months of this season? Probably not. But who knows with these guys surrounded by players who, you know, are going to benefit their games more, maybe could. And the Rockets don't have anywhere else to turn. Why do you think these reports are coming out? Because the Rockets want to get it out. Because the Rockets want this trade to happen as soon as possible. They don't have any leverage here. James Harden's going to get moved. If the Sixers want him, the Sixers will get him, whether it happens now or whether it happens in six to eight weeks. But, um, you know, 
they should they the Sixers should be pushing to win the championship this year. But there's no harm in waiting and seeing if you can do it with Ben Simmons. Um first because that would position you better not just for now, but also in the future. Uh 2155929494 my apologies. Um next up we'll do our week 15 NFL picks also recap the games that have already happened so far this year, but we will uh, preview this week coming up in the league. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.